Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk with Mark Morrison, the head coach of the Manitoba Moose, as they get set to begin their playoffs on Friday. We also talk with Blair Mooney, the head coach of the St. James Junior Canucks, who this weekend captured their second straight MMJHL championship. That's all coming up on the podcast. We are 48 hours from puck drop in game one of the Calder Cup playoffs for the Manitoba Moose. As they host the Milwaukee Admirals Friday night, the Moose went 4-2-1-1 against Milwaukee this season after dropping a five-game series to the Admirals in last year's playoffs. And here to talk about everything is Mark Morrison, the head coach of the Moose. Mark, I had Alex Limoges on the show last night and asked him if he's tired of waiting for the playoffs to start. He said, yes, he just wants to play. Is there a feeling of, okay, let's just get the playoffs going here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you went around the room and asked all the players that and the coaching staff, everybody would be saying the same thing, that let's get it going. Uh, it's been it's been a while, but, uh, you know, in the same hand, uh, there's been some positives behind it. Um, we've had some nagging injuries on guys that have had a chance to heal up, and we think that we've practiced the right way to keep, uh, you know, implementing, like, game game drills uh, in practice to keep them sharp and we've had some scrimmages that we've played with referees and so we've done what we could to, to try to keep uh, everybody game ready because 12 days between games is that's that's quite a long time yeah without a doubt it's a uh, you know like it, it doesn't happen a lot put it that way i this is the first time i've experienced it um and it uh it has. Uh, we've had to put our heads together as a coaching staff and come up with ideas uh, how to keep uh, practices interesting and how to keep them motivated and, and ready to go. So, uh, but it's also been a learning curve for us. So it's been good. So we go into the first round starting Friday against Milwaukee. How much does it help or hurt that you're playing the same team that you played last year in the playoffs? Uh I don't know. I, I we during the league we play uh, all these teams quite a few times, so um, I, I I don't think it. Uh, I don't read into any of it whether it helps us or it doesn't help us. Um, they beat us last year. I guess we have a bit of a vendetta there. We want to make sure that uh, that doesn't happen twice in a row. Um, other than that, uh, we know them pretty well, just as they know us. I don't think there's any secrets between the two teams. Um, it's just going to come down to whoever executes uh, systems better and executes on the ice better, I guess. So what would you say the the biggest asset your team has going into the series is? Well, I think our asset is uh, our will to win. Uh, we've won a lot of different ways this year. Um, you know, we've, we've had, we've been missing bodies and had bodies called up and injuries and everything else. And it's been a, a trying year that way, but we've always, uh, put a solid effort in. So I, I'd say our, our biggest asset is, is probably our will to win. Um, and our compete level is very high with everybody. But, uh, you know, in playoffs, it, it that kind of goes around. Uh, that's every team. So we're going to have to uh, compete as hard as we can. And at the same time, uh, we're going to have to execute. So each team won four times in the eight regular season meetings. When you did win against Milwaukee, what was – the biggest difference in getting the the job done those nights. Well, they're they're a well coached team, and I you know I, I think again uh, the word compete and to make sure that uh, we out compete them in in front of the net, uh, both ends in our in front of our net and in front of their net. We need to win all the loose puck battles and uh, all the dirty pucks and in in the corners. Like we need to win all puck battles against them. They're a very competitive group. Uh, 
you know, a lot of their players uh, were, were up in Nashville before this happened and they got sent back down. So they're, uh, they're uh, an experienced team and a lot of players uh, very skilled. So we have to make sure that the, we don't let those skilled players uh, perform to their best. We need to shut them down. Is there an impact in a series when one team's parent club is in the playoffs and the other team isn't like we have here? Um, I, it all depends on the team. Like, uh, you know, it does in certain instances, like for Nashville, for sure, they're not in the playoffs. They sent, uh, you know, I think up seven or eight guys they that were up there got sent back to Milwaukee to play. Um, in in the Jets' case here, I don't I don't think it would have mattered so much if they were in or out of the playoffs for us. I don't think uh, we pretty much have all the prospects here already um, playing with us, so I, I don't think we would have got anybody else. So, like, if the Jets lose tomorrow night, that doesn't really change anything for you guys. No, not at all. Okay, on the topic of goaltending, because I know Arvid Holman, Oscari Salman, and made the trip to Vegas. Are they going to be back in time for Game One? Um, that'll all depend, I guess, on, uh, on the, on the jets, uh, who's healthy there and, uh, with, you know, how the game goes, uh, in Vegas. Okay. So we'll, we'll stay tuned for that one, uh, the, on the format, because last year you guys were the home team second, you started with two on the road and then you finished with three. Now it's going the opposite way. Milwaukee's the higher seed. Do you like this format? Yeah, I, I don't mind the format. You know, I, I thought, uh, you know, we, we went into Milwaukee and couldn't win a game. They We lost both, um, and we needed to win one in there, and then you come home for three. So I think for the higher seed, it's it's good. Uh, you know, for us, it's a, it's, it's a tough battle to go into there, so we got to make sure that we get the first one for sure um, because it's, it's going to be hard to win four in a row, especially three in their building. Jansen Harkins would have obviously liked to be with the Winnipeg Jets this year, but... What impact has he had on your club this year? Uh, he's been tremendous ever since he came down. Um, you know, he's uh, he's he's definitely given us an offensive spark. Um, he has a high compete level on the puck, um, and uh, he he shows us uh, he shows the group how to compete. I think he's done a, a tremendous job at that, and uh, you know, he's uh, offensively uh, he's really made our our, our team go uh, offensively. What about on the blue line with Leon Gavanka, first Moose player ever to score 20 goals in a season from the blue line? Yeah, again, a uh, special player. Um, you know, anytime you can score 20 goals as a defenseman in the American Hockey League, uh, you, you've got a skill level, and, and he does. And, again, he's a guy that uh, doesn't only score goals from the back end. He competes and he wants to win. And, uh, you know, he's uh, that's one thing I think that a lot of people don't know about unless you coach him is uh, how bad he wants to win. How important is special teams going to be in this series? Because we've seen in the NHL already, power plays are are converting at a record rate in the playoffs to this point. You and Milwaukee both had great power plays. Both didn't have a a lot of opportunities on the power play, but when you did, you made the most of it. So how important is discipline and cashing in on the power play in this series? Yeah, I I think discipline is probably the key word you use there. Um, They've got the number one power play uh, in the league. Uh, we need to be disciplined and, and make sure that we don't let them have too many tries at it. Uh, the power play will play in effect if we let it. Um, you know, you can see that in some of the NHL games now, power plays are winning and losing uh, teams' hockey games. So uh, we got to make sure that we're disciplined. And uh, and on the same hand, uh, if they're going to be undisciplined, we got to make sure that we 
execute on the power play. So nothing really changes for us uh, system-wise on it. We want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're doing the same things that we were doing all year long for it to be successful and uh, players will uh, execute. But the big thing really in all playoffs for me is, is the penalty kill. Your power play can, uh, can underperform a little bit, but your penalty kill can't. It's got to be excellent. Ours has been good all year, so that's another positive for us. Well, Mark, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and best of luck in the playoffs. All right. Appreciate it, Christian. Thank you. That is Mark Morrison. He is the head coach of the Manitoba Moose, whose playoff journey begins Friday night here on 680 CJOB. Game one is 7 p.m. We will be carrying that live on the radio, as well as Sunday's broadcast, which begins at 2 p.m. with Daniel Fink. By, By the way, the Friday broadcast begins with a pregame show following the 6.30 p.m. newscast, the play-by-play just after 7. The Sunday broadcast begins at 2 p.m. with uh, no news at the top of the hour. So uh, we will also carry later games, potentially, as long as if the Jets are out, we will carry games later on in the Moose playoff journey. All their games, regardless of how far the Jets go, can always be streamed at cjob.com slash Sports. The MMJHL postseason wrapped up Sunday night when the St. James Junior Canucks took down St. Fatal 5-2, sweeping the Junior Vicks out of the playoffs in the final to win their second straight Jack McKenzie Trophy and third in franchise history. The Canucks were dominant all season. They crushed the competition at every turn, and in the final, it wasn't really much of a contest. It was a fantastic run to the final for St. Fatal. But... St. James outscored the upstart squad 24-8 in the four-game sweep. Head coach of the Canucks is Blair Mooney, who joins us now on the CJOB Sports Show. And uh, Blair, congrats on the big win. It's been a few days now, but uh, does it still taste just as good? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's awesome. I mean, uh, we uh, were fortunate to do it last year as well. And then this year, it was just the year kind of like flew by pretty quick. I mean, seemed like the regular season was done in no time and we were back at it defending it in the playoffs but yeah it was it was nice to get it back for sure so when you have a team that's so far ahead of everyone else in the standings and for those who don't know the standings off by heart you guys went 44 and 1 81 points in 45 games next closest was 55 points dominant regular season was there any pressure to to keep that continuing in the playoffs uh yeah absolutely i mean it was it was something we talked about, like as as the year went on, and we kind of separated ourselves standings wise at the, at the top. I mean, you're <clears throat> you're trying to find meaning in a lot of those games down the stretch to get yourself ready for playoffs, and and um, I think our team did a good job of it. We had some goals in mind that we were trying to achieve along the way, and just to keep because uh, we didn't really want to get complacent, right? Like you're you're playing a lot of games there when you're up that far in the standings that that. Um, like it, it, you want the guys to still have some meaning in those games. So we found some different goals. And then when you get to the playoffs, obviously everything resets. So um, everybody starts at zero and zero. So you're, you're trying to get those 12 wins, which we were fortunate to do. Now your first game was against St. Boniface in round one. They are the heavy underdogs. You guys lose four two. Then you win the next four games, 23 to five combined. Was there, what was the reaction in the locker room when you lose game one of the playoffs? Yeah, I think like looking back on it now, it's easy to say, but I think it was something we needed. Like um, you go through the regular season and, and obviously we had a really good regular season and we came rolling into the playoffs and um, 
it was good for our guys to maybe get a little bit of a wake up call, just how much the intensity ramps up in the playoffs and, and St. Boniface is a team that works really hard. And, and as much as we, as coaches said that, like to expect they're going to work hard and, and stuff like that. I mean, it's human nature for the boys to maybe have a bit of a let up. So it was good to get that wake up call early rather than later. And um, yeah, it, they responded really well. I mean, there's two ways that could have gone. We could have like really folded as a team or, or started getting mad at each other and, and, because we didn't face a lot of adversity throughout the year, but they they responded in a really good way and took the took it as the wake up call that they needed to uh, to roll on throughout the rest of the playoffs. And I think it was it was good for our guys to be pushed a little bit, and that uh, we certainly got that in the first game. Well, and then it kind of happened in round two again against Transcona. They pull off the round one upset, and then you're down one game to none. You're all of a sudden you're in overtime in game two. And all of a sudden you could be down two games to none. Zach Greenwood scores the double OT winner and you don't lose again uh, the rest of the way. Those early moments of adversity clearly must've been helpful for your team. Uh, get over that hump as you were talking about there. Yeah, absolutely. It was good. Transcona, same thing in round two, they, they came out and gave us a good, a, a good push and in, in game one of that second round. And, and they deserve to beat us that game. Like we did, we didn't have our best and they, uh, and even going into game two, like we, it was a good game and it was back and forth and it was a really good series overall, but it was, it was a back and forth game and, and we scored and then they tied it up late and it was next thing you know, you're in double overtime. And that was kind of a moment where, where our guys really rose to the occasion and, and Greenwood getting a big goal there, obviously to, to tie the series. And then, and to get us a little momentum going into the next game. But it was, uh, yeah, we were staring 0-2 right in the face. And then to get that uh, that big win on the road was massive for us, and, and we kind of rolled from there. Yeah, in the final against uh, St. Fatale, not not really close. You give up just two goals per game in all four of those games. So how much credit goes to Noah Gilbert between the pipes? Yeah, he's, there's a reason he was our uh, he was the playoff MVP. Like he he's so solid, not only in the in that final series which he was, but all year long. Like he was just uh, he's a rock back there. Like he he he's so good and he's got a great attitude and it takes a lot to to get him off his game. Which I mean, it doesn't happen very often. But he only lost one game throughout the regular season, and then going into the playoffs, obviously, you know, he's going to be our guy and. And uh, when you got him back there, just being so solid game in, game out, our, our team's going to make mistakes just like anybody else. But when you got the best goalie in the league back there, it certainly helps. And and like I said, there's a, that's a big reason why he was our MVP in the playoffs. Now, the regular season, obviously, your team performs so well. A player we haven't mentioned yet is the league MVP, Rory Neal. What did he mean to the playoff push? Oh, yeah, he, he's unbelievable. I mean, it's... Uh, Anytime our team is mentioned, everybody obviously uh, has questions about Rory for sure. I mean, he's he's uh, he's a special talent. He's only 19, so I mean, he's uh, one of the, he's on the younger half of the league as well. But he's he's a special talent. He does a lot of things out there that just at such a high speed and and uh, like one of the most impressive things about him is just his attitude. He's got such a positive attitude. He's a great team guy. All the boys love him and. And uh, sometimes you don't always get that with somebody that's so skilled and, and uh, putting up the numbers that he puts up. But he's uh, he's an awesome team guy, so it makes it even more enjoyable, like watching him go out there and do what he does when he's such a good kid. 
and Neil was the second leading scorer on your team in the playoffs. Fourth, fourth overall, a couple of junior Vicks were between him and Tyrone Willen, who had seven mm-hmm. goals and 19 assists. Just the talent on your team to be able to repeat as champions. This is, I guess, the golden age of St. James Junior Canucks hockey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the the talent just from top to bottom on our team. I mean, you got those guys like Tyrone, the leading scorer in the league, and uh, and then he led the league again in the playoffs, and then Rory doing what he does on the back end, and obviously we got a lot of other guys like Ethan Robson led the playoffs in goal scoring. Kale Price, our captain, is uh, just the heart and soul of the team in a lot of different ways. Brady Whiteley on the back end. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. We got a ton of depth. And I mean, that's, that's a big reason why we did what we did all year this year was we could rely on different guys on different nights and, and uh, yeah, it's a special team for sure. So after going so long between titles from 1998 to 2022, you, you go back to back. So how has the standard changed in your mind in what the expectations should be for this hockey team here? Yeah, absolutely. Like we, over the, over my tenure coaching the team, it was kind of been a, like a slow build, like from, from taking the team over like eight years ago. And then that was kind of the goal, obviously every year. And some years you're a little bit more realistic on what your, what your end goals are going to be. But um, we had a team go to the finals and lose in game seven in 2019. And then from that point forward, it's kind of been like, you you don't want to have that taste (laughs) of losing in your mouth again. Right. So you, the culture of the team is, is one that obviously winning when you do it, something as often as we've been fortunate to do the last couple of years, it's, um, it becomes something where when you do lose a game, um, you want to see how the guys respond to it. And we've done a great job responding the last couple of years. Anytime we do lose a game, they respond in a positive way and seem to go on a long run of wins and winning something like the boys have said, and we tried to, and try to say throughout the year is that winning <laughs> we're all playing the game for fun, but obviously winning's a lot of fun too. So we, we're all here. We might as well try to win. So um, they've done a good job of it. And um, it's just a positive attitude around the team all the time. And the expectation of winning is something that we've, that we've really had the last couple of years. And I think that's a big part of it. Is just when, when the guys come to the rink, they're expecting to win. And that's, that's half the battle. So last year you closed it out at home, this year on the road. What's the biggest difference between those two scenarios and how the celebration goes? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, last year we were fortunate to win it at home, and um, we still had a really good crowd on the road this year. Um, St. Vitale Arena, it's uh, a little bit smaller of an environment, so it was uh, it was interesting um, to win it there, but and it doesn't really matter. Anytime you win, you're... You're out on the ice with all the guys and the family, the, all the families of the players and the coaches are out on the ice too. And, and the stands end up coming out onto the ice. So it doesn't really matter what rink you're in, but it was, it was a cool experience to do it in a different rink, but then you just, it's just a longer trip home. That's all. <laughs> too early to think about expecting a three-peat for next year? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that'll be the, that'll be the goal at the start of the year. Right. But it's uh we're only losing two players uh, due to age this year. So hopefully as long as everybody else that's eligible to come back, comes back, we still have a pretty big nucleus of the team that'll be coming back. We're, we're losing two guys. They're two very key guys. I mean, Ethan Robson, Zach Greenwood were both huge for us, not only in the playoffs, but all year, but um, 
yeah, I mean, that's, that'll be the expectation and, and the goal, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, Blair, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and congratulations again on winning back-to-back titles. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. There's Blair Mooney, head coach of the St. James Junior Canucks, who just won their second straight Jack McKenzie trophy on the weekend. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all.